It's good to be here today in the studio. I have a special guest, Pastor JP from Life Point Church in Eustis. We're going to be talking about convictions. Do you have any, or are they just an imagination? So let's enjoy this conversation today. Pastor JP, thanks for joining me. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Well, I'm doing fine because we're caffeinated. <laughs> Highly. Highly caffeinated. Highly caffeinated. Ready is, to go. This, is this the first coffee or the second coffee of the day? Second coffee. Nice. Smart man. So before we dive into convictions, mm. there's three people in your life, these ladies you love. Yes. Tell me about your ladies. Oh, my goodness, man. My wife, Emily. That got a lot of people's attention, yeah. just the three ladies. Three ladies. So my wife, Emily, um, is my best friend. She's uh, you know a confidant. She's the person I trust with anything and everything in my life. Um and grateful. She's a gift of God to me and um, just can't say enough about her. And then I have two daughters, Hannah and Sarah Kate, who, um, you know, we were talking a little earlier about how, you know, you want your kids to love the Lord and pay their bills and yeah. and, and serve <laughs> others. Um, and I have two girls that love Jesus. And, um, you know, not that not that they may, may not have questions later down the road, but they love the Lord. They know scripture. And, um, you know, I think they're on their way to paying their bills, but yes. also... Um, they have a, a servant heart, which is really big for me. I know so. that one has a car. They, they're paying some car bills. Yeah, absolutely. Car bills. Yeah. Yeah, we don't pay everything for that. So That's good. we're like, hey, you've got some responsibility skin in the game. Yeah. And and Emily pays some bills, too. She's smart. Oh, yeah. No, She's praise like, God. She, I'm so glad we married up. Amen. <laughs> Listen, I am a pastor, so uh, resources can sometimes be limited. No, it's smart. You're, you're, you're lo- loving life with the ladies. And your, your three ladies, you all had a family vacation recently. We're going to dive into convictions in a minute. But mm. one of the things I know for you is time away helps you refresh to serve others. You come back to the team. You come back to your home. What was some highlights for you personally? Because mm. so many of us pour out, but we can't pour out what we haven't put in. Yeah, right. So you were away. What was that like? Um, it was fantastic. You never realize just how much you need to be away until you are away. And right. so as we got away... Um, Really what it was for me was a perspective shift right? where you're so focused on the things to do, the, the tasks of everyday life that you forget the most important things. And, mm. and really, we are created by God for relationship. And, and when we let the things of life, the stuff of life get in the way of the relationships of life, we're really missing out on what God designed us for. And so we were able to pull away some of those distractions, some of those things that really kind of get in the way of of the nuclear family. Right. And we were able to focus on those items really well. Uh, I told you that we spent three days in PJs. In That's front awesome. Of the fire. So PJ day. Yeah. And I'm thinking maybe that needs to be instated at least uh, once a week. Um, it was just fantastic to be away and to be able to sit in front of a fire by myself and spend time with God. And then to invite my family in around that was fantastic. That's awesome. And I noticed that the stool I have you sitting on is shrinking. Mm. Oh, it's going down. It's, it's going down, which is funny because I'm short. And for a moment there, I felt tall. And I'm like, no, that can't be. There, I'm not, I'm I not taking it. those vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> I fixed it. That's awesome. So let's, let's transition into something you have lived through. Most people don't know unless they've met you. You're a mm. Marine. Yes. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Simplify. Which means you're brave and you shoot things. <laughs> Yeah, I can make a mess of things really well. Uh, that's what a lot of people say about Marines is, you know, we're, we're very single-minded focused when it comes to fighting. Um, so we, we tear things up. We don't put things together. Gotcha. Was there a moment in that training process that you got scared? 
I mean, you're a strong dude. I wouldn't want to arm wrestle you. I definitely wouldn't want to go on a shooting range and, and test my skills. Mm. But obviously learning is discomforting. So what was there a moment that you like literally an incident, a situation where yeah. you felt afraid? Uh, I don't know that I felt afraid. I think there were some moments where I felt incredibly challenged. And that's one mm. of the things that the Marine Corps does very, very well in the, the training of its recruits to become Marines is that um, they, they're they very good at pushing you to your limits um, intellectually, emotionally, and physically. Wow. And so you find where those limits are. You find where your breaking points are. And then you realize you can keep going. So I, I would say one of one of the main uh, areas that was challenging was the op, the confidence course and the obstacle course. So there's a couple of things that you have to do in the um, obstacle course and then the confidence course where, uh, like especially in the confidence course, there's a thing called the A-frame. Um, you, you climb up uh, a rope, you cross some logs, and then you climb up another um, little piece and you have a rope that you're supposed to slide down, but to... You're holding on to a telephone pole-sized piece of pine. Wow. And um, and so you're holding on to that for dear life, and it's in a, in a point. So you're only holding on to one of those logs, and you have to get to that rope. Well, to get to the rope, you actually have to let go of the log. Wow. It, it's out far enough that you have to finally commit to say, I'm letting go of this to somehow grab hold of that. And that builds your confidence. Confidence that what you're grabbing is there when you let go of what you had. Yeah, that's right. And and because the reality is, is there's a 30-foot drop if you somehow mess it up. Really? But they train you, they teach you, they tell you how to do it. They're there with you, instructing you. And so then you just trust the training. You trust your ability to do it. And uh, man, you, you walk away and Jeez. go, wow, man, you know what? Now there's nothing I can't accomplish. Wow. Wow. Well, let's... uh. Start talking about the big subject of the day, mm. convictions. convictions. Too many people think they have them, but in reality, they're letting other people sway the way they think yeah, and what right. they do. So here's Pastor JP talking about convictions. Mm. So my friend, you're one of those people mm. I like hanging with because you're steadfast. We talk about some hard issues that the culture's pushing against um, what I would call Biblical truth and and Christianity right. and comfortability is a new norm. Mm. Like, let's be comfortable. Right. But conviction challenges the culture sometimes or even other people's thinking. So to you, help me first define mm. conviction. Well, conviction is something that the Holy Spirit gives us. And and so conviction is the the trust and belief in a um, in a construct that you're not moved off of. And it's also, conviction could also be that you are put in a place where you're at odds with something. So like a conviction in, in the law, where you realize, hey, I'm, I'm in contradiction to the law. I need to get myself in line with the law. That's where the Holy Spirit draws us to himself. Um, but then the conviction of belief would be, this is something that I believe no matter what happens. It's not circumstantial. It's sure. not situational. It just is. It's truth in my life. Okay, so let's talk about convictions as an example. Um, you and I both like to go out to eat, and we have a few places that we have frequented. And so I'm going to talk about wings for a moment because oh, this is on. a good universal truth. Yes, but it's also a truth of conviction. So there are some people, you know, for them, you know, 
wings can be wimpy. But tell me about your conviction with wings. If you go out for wings, what are you going to eat? And it's like, heck, this is what a wing is to me. Yeah, right. So it's got to be um, non-battered, fried. So I like a traditional buffalo style yeah. wing. It bone in. Yep. Right. And then a You're good, not a boneless guy? Not a boneless wimpy, guy. Wimpy, wimpy? Yeah. Okay. No, man, get I, the hands dirty. Yeah. I want to get in there and in, I want it to be kind of like uh, barbaric. Barbaric. When you I go like after that. the wing. Say that word fast. <laughs> yeah, barbaric. Right. I like that. <laughs> It's a good word. It's a brave word. It's a marine word. Is it is marine. It is. And and then I want just a good, hot, not not mild, but a hot yes. buffalo sauce. Yes. Now, as a side note for the convictions of wings, you and I have enjoyed some garlic Parmesan oh. wings. Holy smokes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the conviction there, I love that. You know, it's like, this is the kind of wing I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat a bone-in wing. It's a conviction. Yeah. And I'm not going to change my mind. Do you have a concern for your children when it comes to the future of convictions and what that means? I do. I do because the world right now is saying that um, there is no truth and that anything is fluid. And there's a big problem with that because if there's nothing stable in the universe, then there is nothing stable in our circumstances. Right, right. So as as my children are growing up and, and living in this world that they're living in, they're trying to navigate the difference between a world of relative truth okay. and a world of eternal truth. So relative truth and eternal truth, let's let's unpack that for a moment. And the the eternal truth, I would consider that to be biblical and timeless. It just is non-wavering. Yeah, right. You know, the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and, and tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. But the relative truth is something new is introduced. Like, hello... We have a new thing called hot fudge, right? So before mm-hmm. ice cream without hot fudge was just boring. Right. So hey, life's exciting, JP. Why don't we try this? Is that is that relative yeah. truth? What is relative truth? That could be truth? relative truth. So relative truth could also be um, you think one color is the greatest color, and I think another color is the greatest color. So the truth there is your color to you is right. You picked the right color today, by the way. Oh man, I like the blue. studio is lit up blue, and that's my favorite color. But that's a great question. So what is God's favorite color? Yeah, right. See, I think he likes them all. He does like them all. Because <laughs> So the relative truth, let's go back to that. I, I got yeah. distracted by the mm-hmm. color because you, you sparked a very important fact, and that is people can change their mind based on new information. Yeah. But the reality is where is the source of information? Yeah, see, so when it comes to likes and dislikes, preferences, those can completely be relative. When it comes to truth... Truth is not relative. Okay, that's truth, good. Truth is a constant. So, so preferences can be... For sure. Like, I, I don't eat fish. Right. Okay. See, right. and I, I think that's crazy. Right, I fish know. is amazing. <laughs> it is crazy. And I'm going to throw that stool away because it keeps drinking. <laughs> All good. So then the, the preference, mm-hmm. is that where people get confused on the difference between a preference and a, and a belief? Yeah, absolutely. So like when God says... Um, I don't know, pick a law, have no other gods besides me. Okay. Right. We'll take the big one. Number one, have no other gods except for me. Well, I don't like that because I think that there should be many ways to heaven. Got you. Okay. So my preference is, is that there's plenty of different ways to heaven and in anybody can be right. That's not God's truth. God's truth is, is that there is only one God. And right. You were to have no others but me. And, and so there's where the difference between... I might have a feeling and a preference of what I would like to have happen, but sure. then there is a reality 
of eternal truth. You got to look at it as a plumb line. Yes. Throughout all of eternity. You know, I'm glad you mentioned the plumb line. My, my dad would talk to me about <laughs> theology when he was living in, and we talked mm-hmm. about plumb lines because of construction. We do yeah. a lot of construction overseas and, and you couldn't build anything straight without a plumb line. That's exactly right. So then go back to conviction without a plumb line or a true line of, mm-hmm. of belief you're always wavering. That's exactly right. And so here's here's where one of the things that I like to teach is when it comes to the plumb line of God's truth and it's eternal. So you think of this vertical line uh, running throughout eternity, throughout the universe. Anytime you deviate away from that and you push that truth, that plumb line of truth through your own personal circumstances, your own personal preferences, your own personal experiences, you may come out on the other side, in a different place than where you started. So this is where social justice comes in. So you have the justice of God, which is the plumb line of God's truth throughout all of eternity. Then we push that through our own feelings and experiences, and we say, you know, that that doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel right. So I want to do this over here. Okay. Now we've deviated from God's truth. And I'm not saying that social justice is wrong. I'm saying that it is a deviation from the plumb line of eternal truth because of our experiences, because of our preferences and circumstances, we've come out at a different place. This is where legalism happens. Mm. We start to draw concentric circles around a truth to protect our feelings and our circumstances for ourselves, for our own personal preference. So let me ask this then for someone that approaches you with a different belief or different conviction, Mm. how can you help? us understand listening to people to still be respectful and concerned. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, not waver in your own truth. I mean, isn't the approach of listening or the approach Mm. of trying to be patient with people also building a witness? Like how can we help have conviction, but still be in a room with someone who believes differently? Yeah, without a doubt. Well, the, the big key here is, is when you have a conviction, it is something you cannot be personally moved off of. So when I look at the Bible as truth, and and I have someone come into me with a different viewpoint than a biblical viewpoint, I don't panic Mm. because I know that biblical truth is eternal in nature. I don't have to convince you, and you can't convince me because I believe that this is truth. So when you think of apologetics, apologetics, the study of of the faith in, in the desire to defend your faith is not so that you can go bludgeon other people with your own convictions. One of the things I've added to my Sunday morning kind of inspiration to the church is we're going to stand on God's word with complete confidence. We are going to love the world around us with incredible compassion, the compassion of the cross. But what I've added is, but we cannot as a family of faith allow our convictions to become condemnations of others. Our convictions are for us. We don't move off of our convictions. So if I have somebody with a different viewpoint come in and sit down and talk to me and say, hey, I think that's wrong. I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about where you think it's wrong. That doesn't change my mind. It doesn't change my heart. But it gives me an understanding of where they are so that I can then talk to them about the truth of Scripture. And it is never, ever our job. Convictions are not for us to change another person. That's God's job. Right. So our convictions are for us to stand firmly on what we believe, mm-hmm. who God is and what he has said, and not let our circumstances or the world around us change us. That's good. And, and it's also an echo to the scripture of Jesus saying, I've come 
really to save the world, not to condemn them, to love yes. them. And that saving process leads people to truth, that then that truth, the Holy Spirit will change them, right? That's it. And so may we not waver. Yeah. So what has God called us to? Has God called you and me to save the world? Right. Absolutely not. Jesus is the only one that does that. What he's called us to do is to love the world around him. He gave us two commands. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. He never said for us to change a soul. That's powerful. Can't. Yeah, we can't. But if we don't have a life built on conviction, then we really aren't a brave person. Yeah. We're going to totally be waved. Because what our convictions tell the world around us is, wow, that person has something that does not waver. I may need to look into that. That's good. Well, I needed this today. I'm sure others did too. Pastor JP, thanks for being with us today on the podcast. This has been a blast talking about convictions. <laughs>